the gospel radio hour thank you so much for tuning in i'm your host mike mcgonigal this program plays every sunday on c jam in windsor and detroit and x-ray fm in portland oregon and also you can listen in online afterwards or during and i have so much fun doing it i'm so grateful that i get to do this i hope you enjoy we just heard blind gussie nesbitt a bit of Sanctified Blues, recorded December 1930 in Atlanta, Georgia, then released on Columbia. If you're in the music industry at all, when you look and see the dates of how like 
recording was made, you know, and then the record was released like two months later, back at the the start of the industry. It's like, oh my God, how do they do that? Because they certainly can't do it now. And of course, that track was Canaan's Land, and it's amazing. Uh, now the the whole rest of the show is gonna be a little bit different. We're gonna hear uh, discreet sermon excerpts um, recorded in 1959 by Alan Lomax uh, in Memphis, Tennessee, in Black Eye, Kentucky, and uh, well, there's two from Memphis, but different. And uh, then we're gonna end with something else aligning him uh and that that's what today's show is and i hope you'll uh listen to the musicality of it and the topicality of it and i hope you'll enjoy and thanks so much for tuning in a little bit different this week Tennessee to break my gear. Yeah. 
So therefore, I got to keep on telling my cherry, let's forget the past. And look to the future. I love the Lord. This is me. If you don't love me, you don't have to say a word. God's been good to me.
they? These are they. That coming up on the rough side of the mountain. These are they. That giving when they aren't able to give. These are they. That going when they don't feel that. These are they. That help bearing burdens in the heat of the day. Truly without them, I couldn't have made it this far. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended it, but this one thing I do. I said, this one thing I do, forgetting these things which are behind and reaching forward unto a high calling of Christ Jesus. And you cannot reach for him unless you forget about the thing you used to do. Yes. You cannot reach for him on the same road. Yes. But you must change roads and get on the right road. Yes. You can't reach for him going with the wrong game. Yes. You cannot reach for him digging ditches for your fellow man to fall in. Yes. You cannot reach for him backbiting your sister and your brother. But you must be able to reach if you have love in your heart. If you are living and fellowship, you are able to reach. And all the way we can reach him, we have to reach him with a peering heart. For having said none shall she go. But the peering heart. Y'all ain't gonna pray with me. As we come to this day, not yesterday, but as we come to this day, we ought to come with thankful hearts. Let us not be found looking back. It's dangerous to look back. Y'all ain't gonna pray with me. I said dangerous to look back. Jesus himself said, if any man take hold to the gospel plow and look back, he is not fit for the king. So it's dangerous to look back. It's bad to make a vow and then break. Isn't that right there? Everybody that's sitting on the side of my voice, somewhere in the world, it may be in Arkansas. It may have been in Georgia, Alabama. It may have been in New York or Texas or other places. But somewhere in the world you've made God a promise. And everybody knows the promise he made. It's bad to make a promise and then turn around and break it. The Lord didn't plead with you when you make him a promise and go back on it. The little children that mother and father have raised, they won't love mother and father so well when they make him a promise for Christmas and then turn around and break it. Oh, Lord. The Lord's been good to us. And I think we ought to keep our promise. I'm telling the bread of harvest now. If you have to go home, you ought to keep your promise. If you have to
keep marching on yeah. <laughs> in a lot of violence. Yeah. <laughs> we look back, <laughs> we'll stumble. <laughs> we look back, <laughs> we'll fumble. <laughs> Y'all ain't gonna pray with me. <laughs> oh Lord, <laughs> if you don't look back, <laughs> oh Jesus, <laughs> if you won't look back, there's <laughs> a blessing in the snow for you. <laughs> in a lot of violence. <laughs> Let's see here. Yeah. <laughs> the Lord spoke to Lot <laughs> and told Lot <laughs> to get out of town. Yeah. Yeah. The city of Ghost Island go on. Yeah. Yeah. It's a wicked city. Yeah. It's a dangerous city to live in. Means and women show up. Don't turn a gift yet to God's word. And therefore, I must take care of you. I want you to pack up and take your family and move out of town. God bless your soul. Lot made ready and got his family. And on his way, he obeyed God. He wouldn't look back. But look at that wicked woman. She looked back and turned to a pillow sword. It's dangerous to look back. If the Lord wants to leave, you ought to let him leave. And I'm right there. I must hurry on. In the Lord do it to us. Oh Lord, God. Have blessing in his storehouse for us. In his soul branding, I'm forgetting the pain. And pressing falls to a high call. I'm forgetting the thing behind me. Oh, Lord, I'm trying to live a better life. Let us forget our mistakes and look to Jesus in the right about it. Many wrong things, many wrong we have committed in the past. But God is not looking at the past in the right about it. He's looking at what we do now in the right. Let us forget our enemies. Ride on Jesus. Oh, Lord. Let us do good to those despite we use us. Oh, Lord. And can name abroad. Do not. Y'all don't hear me. I said, do not. Can't they in the name abroad. But take them in your bosom. And I carry them on to the Lord. Round country gang. I feel a little better now. Oh, Lord. And I'm away. Y'all ain't gonna pray with me. And I'm away. I'm away wrong. But the Lord weighs right. The Lord weighs the holy way. Oh, Lord. The Lord weighs. Men can't deny. The Lord weighs. They must recognize in the right of God. I must come to a close And I close this evening I'm forgetting These things behind me And looking to Jesus For Paul said I don't understand everything But this one thing I, I can do Paul said I can do 
It is. Forget the thing behind me. And press forward to a high calling. Although I may fall, yet I must press on. Although I must shed tears. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
They lived hard. They had to clear land. They didn't have any houses at all. You grew up along the didn't have no chairs like we have now, no beds like we have now, people. Just little old hut, they threw up. But the Lord was with them, grace and line was with them in such a strong way. That of evening, they could sit out in their little dirt porches on the three-legged stool, the little hogskin moccasins, coon, coonskin cat. And sing such songs as we have sung tonight. Guide me, O thou great Jehovah, pilgrims to this barren land I plead. But thou art mighty, hold me with thy powerful hand. God was with them and blessed them to have all kinds of good fruit in this land and country, massed in all everything. And you can hardly hear your ears when you went out in the woods, for the acres, chestnuts, and everything are fallen and roared through the timber, God was a blessing them. And so tonight, my friends, there's a day of coming that we will look upon them and see their old hardships that they went through. But yet, they went along depending on the divine grace of God. No wonder we like to sing sometimes, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, or blind, but now I see. There's no greater song on earth than to be that. God is all in all. And since we have met here tonight, my friends, I'll not go out any further on that. There's plenty to say. But I just want to take up a few moments of time here. I would wish to just mention a scripture that uh, we often read over and don't talk so much about. And that was when Paul wrote to his son Timothy in the faith and asked him to endure hardness as a good soldier. Endure hardness as a good soldier. Paul had in mind just what we would have to go through with and he made it very plain that we had a great warfare in this world of ours. And I've said here of late, hundreds of times, this world is not worth living in unless it is lived for the Lord. There's too much trouble, too much misery, too much heartache and pain. But yet, when we get to thinking about the great God of heaven that uh, rules and the great governor of all the earth and has promised us such rich promises, we can pick up courage and go on. We can do that, friends. I, I'm doing it. I've lived, to, I'll be 80 years old, the fourth day of January, and I've been a praying man now 51 years, and I hope the last word that I say in this world will be God look down upon me in mercy. I hope that. I think of that just often, often daily. So I would just quote a scripture here and talk briefly on it. I'll not try to... Uh, get the good details out of it all together because I don't think these other brethren wants to preach. Paul wrote to his son Timothy and his message was to him. My son Timothy, endure hardness as a good soldier. Does the Lord Jesus want soldiers? Let me ask you a question. Does Jesus need soldiers? Does he want soldiers and what kind does he want? What kind does he want? No wonder sometimes I like to sing the old song, 
Uh, am I a soldier of the cross, a follower of the Lamb? Oh, that's a wonderful song, and I hope and trust that every Baptist in our country today or tonight would get in their mind and ask themselves the question, am I a soldier of the cross, a follower of the Lamb? Ask their question, the question, then does the Lord Jesus want soldiers? Does he need them? Why, most surely he does. Ever since that he went out in the Garden of Eden and made all of the beautiful things that Adam and Eve ever would have needed in this world, the most beautiful place I'm satisfied on earth, and gave them life everlasting. But there was something there that caused the battle. There was something there that created and caused the Lord to want to beat up volunteers every year, every moment of time, and every day we live ought to help fight this battle. And ever since Satan walked out there and denied the great truth that God spoke to them and said, In the day thou eatest thou, thou shalt surely die, he walked right out and defied and disputed the word of Almighty God. And then that brought down the battle, that brought down the battle, the great battle between the good and the bad, the righteous and the wicked, that brought the battle on. And that's the reason why that we, the Baptist people, here hundreds of years ago, their heads were severed from their bodies and they were sawn asunder and they were burnt to the stake. Why? Because they preached such doctrine as by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourself, for it is a gift of God, not a worthless man bold. I'm glad that I'm weak tonight. But I'm glad again that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. And so, my friend, the Lord Jesus wants soldiers. And he went out to meet the volunteers. He went out to meet the volunteers and want to know who is willing to step out on the Lord's side and help fight this great battle that should be and must be fit. And so, my friend, I like Christian men and women that volunteers that thinks upon of their lost condition and thinks upon it, am I? What kind of condition am I in? And men and women that will think upon their soul and yield ourselves to the entreaties that God has made unto them and step out voluntarily and join in the great army of Almighty God. I never did like uh, to, uh, uh, to draft men into the church. Let me speak a little bit naturally about this, my friends. Uh, since I'm up before you, you know that the land of our country uh, has laws that are hinged right along upon the Holy Bible. And so when we uh, have, uh, uh, are threatened by other nations, well, the, we get disturbed a little bit and we begin to prepare we begin to prepare for, to defend ourselves. And when we begin to, do, uh, to prepare to defend ourselves, our officials, they began to want to know who will volunteer and help fight this terrible battle. Oh, that's going to befall us. Oh, they're coming on us. They want to take our country. Who will volunteer and come? Oh, there are lots of people who will go and are willing to shed every bit of blood in their veins or to defend their country, their mother earth uh, that they've been born and raised in. But some will get out into the woods. 
Some will get out into the woods and hide, and others will feed them month after month, year after year, if they can do such a thing. And they'll finally be caught and drafted into the army. I don't think soldiers like that is worth anything. They've not got no encouragement. And I'll not go on to the details of that much any further right now to give you an idea. And I say just now, uh, when the Lord Jesus has got his ministers out into this world, uh, beating up volunteers to help this fight this great battle that he wants men, a valiant-hearted man that's not afraid to die, a man that wants to go, men that's willing to go, a man that will get down upon their knees and say, oh God, have mercy on me, or send me, I'll go. I'm willing to go and spend my life for you. No wonder I love the good old talk that David talked. He seemed like he stressed the word of God, the love toward him, a more a brethren than any of the old, a man of old. He said, as for me, along in line with that kind of language, I will serve the Lord all the days of my life. And then he fought a wonderful battle. And today, uh, we ought to get in our hearts and minds this old song, Am I soldier of the cross, a follower of the Lamb? And get out and be ready to give a reason of our hope of the Lord Jesus and let our light shine that others may see our good works and glorify the Father. Oh, my friends, I could talk right here till midnight and I believe the blessed God of heaven is standing beside me uh, making me bold in the faith and able to say the thing uh, that he would like for his people to hear. Uh, we want volunteers uh, to help fight this wonderful battle. Uh, some of these days, uh, some of these days, my friends, the Lord Jesus is going to come and let when, while, when he uh, comes here, uh, let him say to us, well done, thou good and faithful servant, uh, for thou hast been faithful over a few things, I'll make thee a ruler over many things, and are thou into the joy of the Lord. I'm afraid, my friend, I don't think that I'm throwing off on you at all, uh, but I tell you right now, uh, Paul says he didn't really care to declare the whole armor of God. I tell you just now, my friend, we must preach the word of God in his purity. And we must point out the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. We must tell men, except they repent, they shall all likewise pray. We must tell men that it's through and by the mercies of God that we live, move, and have our being here on earth. And we ought to uh, preach in a way uh, that God would be pleased and uh, cause us to fear him and fall down upon our faces and upon our knees and beg to him. If it takes a year, if it takes five years, it will pay. Uh, when, you, when you hear it said, go, uh, thy faith hath made thee whole, you'll be bold in the faith. You won't have to act a hypocrite to make people think you're a Christian. Uh, when you get up before the public, uh, you'll have a bold speech about you. You'll have a, a tongue of a ready rider. Uh, you can talk about anything that God would be pleased for you to talk about. If we would only obey him and read this book here, where it says uh, this, uh, 
study to show thyself approved, a good workman unto God, a one that needeth not to be ashamed to rightly divide in the word of truth, uh, to give every man his portion. Uh, that's what we ought to do. And you look what old David said there in first Psalm, blessed is a man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners that sits in his seats in the cornfield, but that his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth meditate day and night. A friend of the Lord God, I wanted to take my breath for this great truth that I'm attending him now. At the dead hours of midnight, Brother I.D., I believe I preach a greater sermon than ever preached on the face of the earth. Wake up at probably 11, 12 o'clock, and right there lay and talk and converse with God. And I'd think to myself, Lord, and I'd say to him, Lord, oh, why don't you? Oh, why don't you give me this good mercy and this good power that when I stand before the people, I can almost shake them right off of their feet. I cannot do anything till thou hast come thither. Therefore, the name of the city was called Zohar. The sun was risen upon the earth when Lot entered into Zohar. Then the Lord rained upon Sodom and Gomorrah, brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew those cities and all the plain and all the inhabitants of the cities and that which grew up on the ground. But his wife looked back from behind him and she became a pillar of salt. And she became a pillar of salt. We're talking to you about looking back. Will you pray with us? Amen. Briefly, if it be the will of the Lord. This is a queer story. A woman, wife of the one-time mayor of the city of Sodom, is fleeing from the doomed city. She looks back. She becomes frozen in her tracks. Death grips her. She becomes a little more than a crude piece of statutory staring with sightless eyes back towards the city that is being swept from the face of the earth. A strange story, I repeat. One that is modern, or one that modern man, shall I say, is apt to dismiss from his mind and said that it has no meaning for this present age. But Jesus does not share such opinion. When Jesus read this message, it became a timeless message. He heard those death-frozen lips preaching a sermon that was needed for his day. And therefore, we hear the words of Jesus reverberating down through the corridors of time. And Jesus said, remember Lot's wife. Who was this woman? Let us try to identify her. First of all, I'd like to say that she was a woman who belonged to an excellent family. Yes, sir. She wasn't what we call trash or somebody thrown away. 
but she was a woman from one of the higher families. She was a part of that little company of pioneers that left the land of Earth, the Chaldees, to create a new effort in the world's civilization. She was a member of that family to which the world owes more than to any other family that ever lived. She's a part of that select group that has given to the world its sweetest prophets and some of its sweetest singers. She was kinfolks with him through whom God said that I'll send a savior into the world. She was a relative of Abraham. And being a part of that select family, it is reasonable to believe that she shared the faith of the family. When the tent was pitched and the altar was built, this woman that looked back was right there. When prayers were said, this woman that looked back doubtless bent to her knees and bowed in prayer to the true and living God. She was a woman of rich faith. She was a woman of great knowledge of God. In all probability, she was a woman of prayer. And yet, she looked back. There came a time when along with her husband, she made a worldly choice. And so many of us, professed Christians are making worldly choices. One day there was a separation between Abraham and Lot. It became necessary because their herdsmen did not get along. And Abraham said to Lot, we are brothers. Let there be no strife between us. If you take the hills, I'll take the plains. If you take the plains, I'll take the hill. Abraham thought it was better to separate and be saved than be together and be lost. When the separation came, Lot pitched his tent towards Sodom. It looked better towards Sodom. The grounds looked more fertile towards Sodom. Prosperity seemed to have reigned towards Sodom. In all probability, neither Lot nor his wife intended to go to Sodom, but they moved in that direction. And not only did they finally go to Sodom, and Lot became the mayor of the city of Sodom, not only did they move to Sodom, but worse, Sodom moved in Mrs. Lot. Sodom was a wicked city. Its disgusting rottenness was a stench in the nostrils of decency. And yet the mayor's wife,
fell in love with it. She breathed its moral miasma. And she didn't only breathe it, but she delighted in breathing it. It laid its defiling in the soil and torch upon her soul. And in spite of the pure religion in which she had been taught, she was under the spell of the gay city of Sodom and found herself lacking. But even in that state of being, she was not left alone. It's something I love about God. I don't care how low you may go. God is always concerned about you. And he's ever inviting you to return home. You may leave God, but God won't leave you. This woman was the object of earnest prayer. Her kinsman of the upland, Abraham, continued to pray for them. They were certainly the object of keen solicitude, even on the part of God. And therefore, when God decided to destroy the city of Sodom and Gomorrah, he told an angel, on your way to the city, you'll have to stop by the house of Abraham. I can't destroy the city unless I get permission from Abraham. Abraham got some relative down there. And unless I can do something to get on good terms with Abraham, Unless Abraham gives me the authority, I'm helpless. The angel of the Lord stopped by the house of Abraham and told Abraham where they were on their way. I hear the voice of Abraham. In reply, saying, will God destroy the righteous with the wicked? If I can find just to give a number of righteous men, will you destroy the city? And he began to bargain with God. He bargained with God. From about 40 folk, I believe, on down the line, until God promised that he would spare the city. 
Welcome back to Buked and Scorned, the Gospel Radio Hour. Uh, Very grateful that I did not scare you away with playing uh, congregational recordings of sermons uh, throughout the whole show today. Uh, We just heard Bishop J.O. Patterson at the Pentecostal Temple in Memphis, Tennessee, recorded during the Southern Journey trip uh, in 1959 by... uh, Alan Lomax, and of course, accompanied by Shirley Collins and others. Uh, that one was done on October 4th, 1959. Before that, we heard uh, a sermon which was written down as being called Willing Soldiers for the Lord by D.N. Asher at the Mont Olivet Regular Baptist Church at Black Eye, Kentucky, September 5th, 1959. Uh, and before that, a sermon called Forgetting the Past, I Love the Lord, He Hears My Cry. Um, or I'm sorry, uh, that the, it's a sermon and then into uh, the congregational singing of those tracks. Reverend R.C. Crenshaw at the Great Harvest Missionary Baptist Church, Memphis, Tennessee, October 4th, 1959, 
Um, I don't think any of this has ever been played before. It's all part of the uh, cultural equity, um, you know, uh, the, the Alnomex archives that I've had great access to. I'm working on several compilation records, too, called from this material of stuff that hasn't been released before. Um, I understand that um, Mississippi Records with Nathan Salzberg working with Eric are, are doing um, at least one more uh, collection themselves from this. And then also um, David Katznelson and his uh, Blackbird label, they are working with totally unheard earlier material uh the john lomax disc acetate recordings that now with newer technology we can hear that stuff better and there's also just a ton of that 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 hasn't even been uh transferred to the library of congress in in the decades since so there's a lot more happening with Lomax stuff soon, and it's exciting. And I'm going to end now with uh, Aligning Him, uh, which is just, I love this stuff. And this is uh, an earlier recording. This is not part of the 59 journey, so this is February 7th, 1948. Um, and uh, it's Reverend Butler, the Rose Hill Missionary Baptist Church in Greenville, Mississippi. Thanks so much for tuning in and hope you enjoyed this. I I get a lot myself from just the sheer musicality of, of sermons. Um, and uh, I hope that came across. And I hope you have a great week. Thanks for listening. Bye.